Welcome back to the AOT Chronicles and Attack on Titan podcast. I am one of your hosts, Ronnie. I'm Chad. That is Jazz. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 12, Episode 49. Very little literal name here. No, that's um, Night of the Battle to Retake the Wall. What? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, kind of a weird name nice. considering there's certainly not a battle this episode. Oh, yeah, there is. Oh, my God. Potato girl. Dude, okay, listen. We came off one heater of an episode last time. I hope no one's offended by this. Oh, what I'm, if, I'm already offended. If there's one thing I do, Chaz, what is it? Uh, be super offensive and then act like you're just being real. Chaz, if there is one <sighs> thing I do, keep it what, real. I keep it real. Every series that has ever existed had to have a, the worst episode. In my opinion, this is it. Well, okay. I agree with you, but it was. I think it was meant to be the worst episode. <laughs> they were like, hey, what if we just did a really shitty episode this go-around? No, and there's a no. couple... We'll get to a couple parts that I really, so, really like. You were just so freaking biased. Anytime I, no, my okay. girl has screen time, you're biased towards her. I understand what this episode is doing. It's the calm before the storm, because we're getting right back into it next episode. No, it, you're just biased against Sasha. Just admit it. There's some good stuff in this episode. Let's break it down, okay? Quit being so hard on me. Okay. Okay, whoa. Let me find my way Sorry, through. I know you're allergic to that let me stuff. Find, oh, let me find my way through this vape smoke real quick. Can't see my notes. All right. We get a short recap of the past few episodes ending on the injection that Levi received from Kenny. So this is interesting. This is what you're talking about. It's the interesting stuff, right? On the first half yeah. is definitely the part that I, I actually really like this mm-hmm. first, first half. Um. Zachary walks in and asks if they discovered what's in the container, talking about kind of the fluid or whatever. Hanji tells him that they can't dig much deeper with the with the technology they have. She kind of talks about how, you know, well, I'll get to that. But they know from Aaron and Annie that it seems to originate from some sort of human bodily fluid. But, no, Chad, not that kind of fluid. Pull your... Damn pants up. Jesus Christ. Not, Will you, dude, is it not urine? It's not urine? We're not making tight. Yeah. We're not making titans here. Jeez. I'll just go to the bathroom next time. Jeez. Thought we were close enough. To... What a weird way to, for you to start this episode. Are we not close enough to where you can see my... Are your pants up? Yeah, they're back up. I... They're back up. Okay. Jeez, dude. I didn't bring my mom today, so I thought I'd whip it out. I see, your mom's out. She's been staring at me outside this oh. window for five minutes. She's holding the leash, wanting to be walked, but you, whatever. Mom, you have a bowl right there. Just shit in that. She's hey, you know she's not a dog, right? Well, she's a b word. I'll tell you that. Anyway, back to this fluid, and don't even think about what you did a second ago. The fluid vaporizes when it meets air, making it hard to analyze. Hanji says that whoever made it must have had technology far superior to their own. Of course, our guy Pixis is here. He says that we should use it to help with their uh, current objective. And Zachary asks Erwin to keep it. But you know the goat. If I keep it real, I don't even know what you call what he's doing is because he just does that on an extraordinary level. 
He He's says, gambler. "Listen, I know what I'm. I I know what I am. I'm way too injured, and the one to keep it should be someone who has the best chance of survival." So we asked Captain Levi. He's now, way too injured. He, I mean, he's got one arm. Yeah. Apparently, they, for you to be very like successful, capable, they usually like for you to have two. But, okay. That's weird. And now we know the type of guy Levi is. He's saying, you know, he didn't really want it, but he's like, if it's an order, just say so, I'll do it. I love how he says that. He's like, hey, just give me the fucking order. Stop it's beating like, around the bush. It's like, if you expect me to be like, oh, yes, Captain, I'll do it. Like, that's not Levi. But no. if you tell him to do it, he's, he respects the hell out of you. He's going to do it. Do you think he would? That's a question I'll ask you right now. Do you think Levi respects anyone else besides maybe Irwin and Hanji to take that order? Well, that's so that's what I was going to say. I think he does respect the hell out of Hanji. Mm-hmm. Um, no one else. Like if Zachary gave him that order, would he do it? No, I think I think Zachary, amongst all of them at this point, is kind of a joke. Maybe Pixies. We haven't seen too much about Levi and Pixies, depending on what if Irwin's told him Levi about him. Um, it could be a situation where if Levi knows how much Irwin trusts him, maybe Levi does as well. Well, I guess, too, them being in the same room at this moment is kind of showing that he trusts them as well. Yeah. Yeah. So that'd be kind of interesting to see. I, Levi would 100% take shots of how drunk Pixies is all the time, but oh, maybe yeah. he would listen to him. Erwin tells him they would be counting on Levi to make a decision on the fly. Levi asks if this dream of his comes true, what would they do then? So that's interesting because they don't say what the dream is. They're just like, you know, if whatever Erwin wants, whatever Erwin plans comes true, what are they doing then? Erwin says he doesn't know. Levi, and this is in front of everyone still. Yeah, yeah. Levi eventually agrees to take it, and uh, as if you know things weren't weird, which they weren't really. This this is a pretty serious conversation. And then Zachary oh. says, "Okay, never mind. Sorry. Keep going." He says he'd like to unveil that work of his sometime soon and ask if Pixies has thought any more about it. <laughs> and knowing what we know about this guy, who knows what horrible shit he might be talking about. We thought Hanji was into some weird stuff. Jeez. I mean, this guy's in charge, but first, he knows he's so freaky. He's still asking Pixies if, like, hey, remember that thing we talked about? Is it okay? <laughs> Pixies tells him if the public saw that repulsive display, trust in the military would hit rock bottom. Zachary then said, you don't know. You don't know art when you see it, and that takes us into the old Red Swan opening credits. Dun, dun, dun. I, okay, I'm going to come out and say it. Wow, what's going to I happen? am so in love with this intro. I'd never skip this. I've probably listened, I've probably watched it multiple times. I've never once skipped this intro. But yet, you see, you say that. Well, you're talking about animation and everything. You're not talking about just the song. Uh, yeah, I like the song a lot, but I'm saying the other song's probably a little bit better. But, right, right. but the animate, yeah. just the we, way they portray things. We love this intro. Um, and this is the last time you get it, so. I know, dude. I was a little sad, but I can always rewatch. Erwin talks to a group. We come out of it. Erwin talks to a group and tells them that it is most likely that Grisha came from the outside of the walls while Hanji explains that just like Annie, Reiner, and Bert, he possessed the power of the Titans. But the difference between them and Grisha was he was supportive of humanity inside the walls. Uh, they are in a room with all the other squad leaders that we just never have really needed to know. I mean, 
Mm-hmm. I, I, you know these people are important, but couldn't tell you anyone's names. They say that he must have had a strong purpose because he also wanted to show his 10-year-old son who wanted to join the scouts his basement. Oh, yeah. the basement. Remember that thing? Sure, well, that's probably next episode, right? They'll probably yeah, the everything. Death's door, on, on Death's door, Grisha said that the truth of it all was in the basement. So that sounds super important. Uh, really starting to seem like we should, like you were saying, be there next episode. So come back for that. Erwin thinks but ba- Are you yawning? Sorry, dude. I didn't mean to. All right. I, I mean, just, I thought you were going to... We got a lot of pod left. Are you going to make it? Yeah, of course I'm going to make it. God, you're out of your recap, and all of a sudden you just start falling asleep over there. <laughs> Erwin thinks back to his father as Hanji wonders aloud what could be down there. This is the basement. We're still talking about that. Hey, Hanji, we're all thinking that. Okay. <laughs> That's a great thing to wonder. Erwin answers things that Grisha couldn't say out loud, and that of which the first king wiped everyone mem- everyone's memories of. So, some pretty important stuff, if you ask so me. That's why you know he was talking about his dad earlier about things they're not allowed to say. He's yep. saying Grisha not allowed to say it. That's why he never said it. And that's why it's in a basement. And that's why he never died. Erwin says the preparation is done, and the mission to retake Walmaria begins in two days. And uh, one of these fatty pigs say, "On a day like this, we deserve some meat." I mean, I agree. We got. I mean, it's not that I don't agree. It's just we got some important stuff going on. Get your focus on the mission at hand. We'll talk about this once we exit the strategy. That sounds like you, Ronnie. You're always thinking about food. I love to eat. So uh, this is where things. Oh, this is this is the high point of the episode right here. Yeah. Everyone's kind of walking out. Okay. Levi closes the door behind all the other squad leaders, leaving only himself and Erwin in wait, the room. Wait, wait, wait. Before you get to that, mm-hmm. I had to mention this. This is freaking huge, and okay. I don't think you were about to say it. As they were walking out, they talked about Keith and how they talked to him, and one of the squad leaders says, Hanji, didn't you used to adore Keith? Oh, wow. Oh. Great detective work so, by dude, you. dude, we find out Hanji used to adore him, and that's freaking awesome. See, this, mine. Let me. I'm going to give you credit where credit's due. I guarantee you, I didn't even see it, I guarantee you this is where it pays off to be like you as in a professional anime subtitle watcher because yep. I'm so confident that this is one of those times where they had two sets of subtitles on going on at once. It was on the top. And I never, I don't know which one to look at. And so I, I rewind it a couple times, and then I get confused again, yep. and I just, that's... The dude, my lazy eye comes in oh, so clutch right yeah, here, yeah. because I can just have it aimed right, up right. high, and yeah. my other eye is just normal. And you're so just taking that information yeah. all at the same time. Yeah, people really make fun of you for that, but honestly, it has allowed you to oh, understand dude, yeah. animes so much better. So, I mean, in the end, you really got the last laugh there. Um, well, yeah, so did freaking... Kevin, when I was younger, he used to make fun of me a lot, but it's... He just didn't know if you were looking at him or not. That's, you know, that's all. Yeah. He used to throw things in my direction and didn't know which way it was coming. So, uh, Levi Irwin, only two in the room. Levi asks what he will do once they retake Walmaria. Irwin says, you know, we're eliminating threats. Threats that will more than likely be revealed once they get to the basement. Levi says he's asking because Erwin might not live that long. This is getting so real. Uh-huh. Levi says, let Hanji call the shots because Erwin is just going to be dead weight. 
Levi's caring. He cares about Erwin, dude. Erwin thinks back to his father once again and says, No, he's fine being food. Hell, use him as bait. But the chain of command still remains. Oh, he's so badass, yeah. dude. And Levi, you know, he. This is. It's so. It comes off the way Levi is as like being a dick and not trusting Erwin. But if you know the show, you know the characters, that's not what it is at all. It's the ultimate amount of respect. Because Levi says, if Erwin dies, the rest are doomed. Yeah, this is this is what is badass about this moment. And in future episodes, we'll come to find this out too. A lot of people think Levi is humanity's strongest weapon. Levi understands that he is not. The real humanity's strongest weapon is Erwin. Right. Levi understands that they could potentially... Like, if they're going to get this done, it's not going to be because Erwin was there. It's just going to be manpower. They figure it out. But if Erwin's gone, Levi's not sure who's going to come up with these plans that Erwin's coming up with. And, you know, Levi Levi gets caught up in the heat of the moment. He's not a strategist like mm-hmm. Erwin is. He's just a straight-up fighter. And But Erwin's not buying it. He says the best decision for humanity is for him to gamble it all. He's a gambler. He's a gambler. He always does this. And he always wins, okay? He's the house. The house always wins. Erwin. All right. You're pretty passionate about this. Levi tells him that if he keeps saying stuff like that, he's going to break both of his legs. And, you know, the and rest... And he does it. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> and then he just walks over, takes a crowbar, and just snaps his legs. So weird. Um, he says, and after he does that, the rest is going to go take retake while Mario. And he also says, they're going to retake Wall Mario while Erwin has trouble getting to the toilet. Because, of course, you know, no legs, how you get to the toilet. He always has to throw in a duty or a yeah. toilet. He, he always throws in something like that. Good one, Levi. For being, you know, one of the top five waifus, he just loves toilet humor. Erwin says Levi is right. A wounded soldier should stay off the battlefield. But there will come a moment when we learn the truth of the world and damn it, Erwin is going to be there for that. Mm. Levi asks if it's more important than his legs. Because <laughs> he's still on that. He's still thinking about breaking them. And humanity's victory, to which Erwin says yes to both. So Levi guess, is it more important than your legs? Yes. Hi. Is it more important than humanity's victory? Hi. Awesome. Levi ends up leaving the room, but not before he tells Erwin that he will trust his judgment. Respect. Mm-hmm. Respect. So, I mean, let's talk about this. Uh, Levi's right. This is like one of the first times, and you get why he's doing it. This is one of the first times you can point at Erwin and say, no, this is a flaw in Erwin. This is a bad decision. Like, you might understand what he's going for, but it's the wrong decision. Mm-hmm. Do you agree? Do you not agree? What, what do you think? No, I completely agree. And Levi understands that, and I think Levi is getting kind of emotional here too because, like he said, you're just going to end up dying soon. And I think Levi – I mean, well, I don't think. Levi definitely – he has the utmost respect for him, and he deep deep down he really cares for this guy. Like like we said earlier, he it's almost like even though they're not that far away in age, he's almost his father figure because he never really had that besides Kenny who – just ditched him. He, his friends have, all of his friends have died. Erwin is like almost one of the last ones left. I'm also I'm gonna back off my statement a little bit because I'm gonna I was gonna say 
Because I don't think Levi is completely right because right now they just got the broad outlines of a plan. They don't know what they're going to run into when they get there. And that might be Irwin's point. So actually, that is kind of What do you think? Like, they don't know what they're going to walk into. Who's going to – is Hanji going to be able to make all the right calls that Irwin would have made once shit starts going down? I mean – I'm kind of talking. I'm kind of talking myself out of it now. Is Levi is Levi right, or is he scared that Irwin's going to die and he doesn't want him to die? It's it's. I think it goes both ways. I think he, I think either side could be argued. Mm-hmm. On the surface of things, I think Levi's right. Irwin probably shouldn't be doing this, but at the same time, I think Irwin's coming at it from a standpoint of, you know, listen. Unless it really starts to turn bad, then I'll get in there just to try and help you guys out. But until that's needed, I'm staying back. I'm calling the shots. And in that regard, I think it's the smart thing to do. So, anyway, we get to the calling card. And uh, this is just really where the episode starts taking a nosedive. Let's, uh, let's learn about meat. After the fall of Walmaria, there was a dramatic decrease in food production. Livestock, in particular, suffered due to requiring plentiful land. As a result, meat became expensive, and occasions to eat it are scarce. Are you right. done yet? Uh, dude, do I have to do this part? Would it not be better if I just handed you my notes to go over and I just left the room? No, dude, I don't like reading off a uh, wiki, Attack on Titan. But you need to power through this, and you need to have some appreciation, because we have Marlowe, okay? We got some good Marlowe moments right here. All right, fine. I'll do it, but I'm not going to like it. Do it for the listeners. This is for you guys. So we got the meat laying on the table. Sasha asks if she's dreaming. <laughs> this is the, this is the night before they take back Walmaria. Everyone starts losing their mind, but in a respectable way for people who haven't meat and who haven't eaten meat in however long. You know, yeah. they're all like, "Oh yeah, all right, gonna get some meat. Yeah, let's break break it out." Sasha, on the other hand, somehow manages to get a hold of the entire roast beef and starts biting into it as if it was a corn on the cob. That's not, like, oh my god. And then Marlo's like, wait, do these guys never get meat? He's been in the military police just getting everything spoon-fed to him, and now that he's with the scouts, he's like, wait a minute. You guys have been eating bread and crackers this whole time? You guys have been eating five deep Triscuits? Y'all have been doing all the work, and you only get bread and crackers? Wow. Connie says he doesn't want to have to kill her. It's an empty threat, but he should be thinking about it more seriously because Jean takes it out of her hands, and she proceeds to bite his hand. I would backslap a bitch so hard. I'm going to say it. Yeah, I, I'm with you on this one. I mean, I, bite, I can't even... I can't take up for it. You're going to bite my hand? I, I mean, Marlo, like you were saying, meanwhile... He's just enjoying a nice slab of meat like the gentleman he is, just sitting over there, you know. With his stupid bowl cut. Sasha punches him right in the nose. He wasn't even part of this. But just, oh my, she's like a rabid dog. Mikasa, finally, she speaks some sense and says, hey, choke that bitch out already. <laughs> I think that's exactly what she said. Oh, yeah. Uh, everyone else, they're sucking on their meat, watching all this go down. They're really savoring it. It's weird, kind of weird. One of them says something interesting. Turns out they blew two months of their food budget on this special <laughs> evening. 
<laughs> Which, hey, we got a new queen now. Please direct some of the food budget from the military police to the scouts. Uh, yeah, seriously, that's a great point. They uh, they finally got this stupid Sasha tied up and gagged. Thank God. Shot. Whoa. She should never be allowed within two hundred yards of meat ever again. Every someone needs to break it to her right yeah. now. Listen, like I don't care if I'm coming across as a dick. Never again. Yeah. Because I don't. She's Someone needs to have a sit down with her and be like, listen, I don't know if you've taken the time to realize this. You literally got kicked out of your village because of this whole issue you've got, and you were still biting people. <laughs> like, you're the worst. Connie brings up the fact, fe- hey, will you quit yawning? No, I'm not, I wasn't yawning. I was just God, stretching my mouth. God, we have so much podcast. Literally just stretching my mouth. Connie brings up the fact that she offered to share meat with everyone, but like that one time in season one. But listen, I'm calling bullshit. Okay, well, I love this part. I love this throwback. Yes, she did say that, but it never happened, and it was never going to happen. Well, that's because we had big, big Bert. But that's what I'm saying. It never happened. But, did you hear what I said? But, it was never going to happen either. I don't know what she was... She was, yeah, it was like one of those, she was pretending to be nice and just eats it all right there. This happened in such a way, or keep an eye on Sasha. She might be a tight. (laughs) Aaron had forgotten about this, so he flashes back to that very important moment. He's like, oh, did she offer us meat? What were we doing that day? Oh, wait. I mean, truthfully, that moment does lead into a very important moment, which was the Colossal Titan showing up for that second time. He thinks back to it, but this time he realizes how the Titan managed to quote-unquote vanish. Dude, I love this little snit bit because I... This is another <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah, I love I this. I love this little bit snit. I love but, this little snit bit. But I never caught this the first time I watched it, but it shows uh, Bertolt with his hood on mm-hmm. escaping in the smoke. Now, the interesting thing about this is like... Think about all the other Titans. Is Bert's the only one that literally, if he gets out of it, just vanishes completely? Dude, okay. Let's let's talk about this. His Titan is so OP mm-hmm. because he can literally, we know he uses the steam. What I'm assuming it's alluding to right here is that he just used the steam instantly and just burned his Titan up and just escaped from the Nate like that. Yeah, I mean, fair enough. So you think... You don't think it actually vanishes. You think that he's burning it up? He burn, Yeah, I think he burns it up right there. And it being so big, he can't really transform again. So that's why he just puts his hood on. And uh, Well, I mean, that, that was their plan anyways. But he was just supposed to kick it in. But he just vanishes with it. Which, dude, the, the Colossal Titan can do so many things. It's, it's stupidly OP, I it's think. It's very overpowered. But then um, you got a user like Bertolt. It's just like, what is... I know. What a waste. Could you imagine if, like, Erwin was the Colossal Titan? Oh, my God. How much damage that guy could do? Aaron asked a good question that I also was amazed by. He goes, that was only four months ago? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty crazy. That's crazy, right? Connie says, yep, and now look at us. We're in the Levi squad. Just climbing the ranks in no time whatsoever. Jean tells Marla why it's stupid for him to want to be in the vanguard. But then he says that uh, really stupid people are the ones who go blind, go in blind and only know how to charge straight into danger like they are committing suicide. As he looks over to one Aaron Yeager. So who, who was it that said this? 
Jean was telling Marlo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. God, dude. What a, that's a beautiful line for the future. <laughs> and and to, I can't wait for that moment to happen. To which Aaron replies, <laughs> wait a second, who are you talking about? Oh, that's such a... I'm glad you said that because I didn't catch that line and that's just so awesome what happens in the future. Keep going. And Jean says, you, you suicidal maniac. Aaron calls him a coward and we get a good old throwback to the good old days as the two of them start mixing it up together. John oh, says yeah. if he doesn't if he didn't have Titan powers, Aaron would be dead ten times over. And he's so right. This is malicious. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's right. Page turn. And says if he wants to keep being suicidal, he will just have to kill him himself. Whoa. Whoa. He's John's bringing back some season one female titan vibes right here to which, in the forest yeah to which aaron says you should start this was so weird i had to go back and <laughs> to which aaron says you should start showing your mom some respect john um <laughs> what aaron is his mom <laughs> what wait <laughs> terrible trash talking aaron just, oh yeah just very bad but you should start Showing your mom some respect, John boy. John's like, um, okay. Armin asks Mikasa if we should stop them, and Mikasa says, eh, nah. Kind of like it. So they keep they keep going until Aaron asks, why is no one stopping us? <laughs> we were fighting like brave men, and no one's breaking it up. This just shows how how Aaron and Jean really are. Levi, he finally comes in and cleans up, cleans up this pathetic fight and tells them to go to sleep. And uh, in my, perhaps one of my favorite parts of the episode, it's almost implied that they leave Sasha there to sleep tied up and in the dark, and boy, I really hope they did. It would serve her right. Okay. I mean, it would, it would serve her right. I mean, yeah, okay, she needs right. to take I, can't, a, I can't even disagree with that. She needs to take a chill pill. Aaron, Armin, and Mikasa walk out to sit on the stairs. Aaron asks, shouldn't you guys be watching out for me more? I, dude, I cannot believe he had the audacity to say this. That's just Aaron. He's, uh, I, don't, I don't even know what to say to that. I, how This entire series, he's been complaining about them treating him like a kid or being all up in his business and then he's gonna go and get this boneheaded fight and say shouldn't you guys be watching out for me more <laughs> aaron i mean mikasa's been carrying around three pound items for him and making sure that he eats all his food oh my god this guy i thought i thought we were really making progress with him and then he goes and says something like this and i just wonder where we went wrong armin says that he knew if he got hurt he would heal quickly to which Aaron replies to Chaz's joy, that's so cruel. <laughs> Quote of the day. <laughs> Mikasa says it was his fault. Tell him, girl. I mean, just tell him. Let him have it. She's right. And then Armin, God, Armin calls him spunky. This is a weird episode, man. What is going on? It's bringing back the old days. I love it. When did Armin ever call Aaron spunky? This is like a top... Probably like a top. Let's see. Page turning like this, this is a top forty nine episode for me. Page turning like this, something's going on in this on. series. Just so, uh, 
what a weird dialogue choice. Aaron starts thinking about tomorrow and says that he will do whatever he has to, and that he keeps wondering why he can't be strong like Mikasa and Armin. Aw, oh, that was actually really sweet. What do you mean, Mikasa and Levi? That's what you meant. Um, I think he's talking about Armin here. Mikasa and Levi. Okay. Sorry to rain on your parade. Um, Aaron keeps... Unless he says it again later on, Mikasa and Levi. I don't know. Maybe he says Armin, dude. I might be wrong. I, I might would, be questioning would... my own integrity. But I've watched this episode... I mean, it's one of my top 49 episodes in the series, so I've watched it at least 15 times. Um... I'm not sure. It's a mistake that I definitely could make. Well, you are copy and pasting, so you and, might be right. Um, I don't know how many more times you're going to hurt my feelings like that. And if, all I'm saying is if you turn out being wrong, you're lucky that I, I didn't punch you in the face. Cause just the way you looked at me and shook your head no and corrected me was <laughs> <laughs> after you've been yawning through this episode was the most smug son of a bitch thing you've ever done. <laughs> this episode is just the second half is just rough to get through except for what's coming up so anyway Aaron keeps on going with some speech that basically condensed and translated equates to teamwork makes the dream work they all then simultaneously think that Han- think they see Hannes which was kind of weird too dang this makes me sad but it's just some other guy who let me just say is not rocking the pervy mustache as no. well as our guy Hannes did God. Coming off super perfect. Honest was such a real one, and you didn't under—you didn't really understand how much he really was rocking that mustache until you see this poor sack of shit yeah. trying to do it. Mikasa says, "Once they retake the wall and defeat their enemies, will they come back? Those days—that is, she's talking about those days. Mm-hmm. It says a lot of you know. I wish we knew we were in the good times back when we were in the good times because now we're out of the good times, and who knows if we'll ever get back to those good times. And like Armin said." They're not good people anymore. Aaron says that we will bring them back even though some things were changed forever. Armin starts dreaming again of exploring oceans, lands of ice, sandy snowfields, and of course, fiery water. Armin says that they will start by seeing the sea. We then pan over to a dark alley where we see Levi sitting listening to this sweet conversation. I like this. Mm. I don't, I mean... This is some no regrets vibe right here. Yeah. I, Him and his two buddies and the OVA. Ah, oh, this is... I like this a lot. I like Levi listening to this conversation. Yeah, I don't know what it says about him, but it does... It just... It adds something to his character. Just the fact that he'd sit there and listen to it. and it's He's so... Oh, dude. I just... I love Levi, dude. He's just so lonely, but he's so emotional. Just never shows anything. Yeah. We uh, the next morning preparations are being made atop the wall. Flagel is yelling good luck to Hanji from below. Yeah, he's got a crush on her, just like me. As oh my god, we see the second guy I've ever seen wear a bandana in this show as he yells good luck up to Levi. They just they've got an entire group of people wishing them all luck. Levi, of course, is trying to figure out who had the big mouth that made all these <laughs> citizens aware of the mission at hand. But Hanji does reason that with all the commotion they made, how would they not have found yeah. out? <laughs> um, spoiler alert, by the way, it was Flagel. It was that, it was that fat bastard. Whoa! Whoa, I didn't say that. That was you, Ronnie. It was Flagel, dude. Okay. 
They say this is the first time they ever had a send-away quite like this one. And honestly, after this episode, I needed a bit of a pump-up, so thank God Erwin knew that. So he lets out a primal yell. He just lets out, Ora! To the citizens down below. Ora, 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 ora! And I don't know about you, after this snoozy episode, it got my goosebumps going. <sighs> Anytime Erwin yells, it is just goosebumps central. Oh, awesome. Uh. I mean, he didn't even say anything. He just yelled. Oh, sick. And then he says the final operation to retake Wall Mario will now commence. He then yells advance. They all tear off on horseback. And even though it doesn't show Erwin say it, we know he does say it at some point. So Chaz. Shinzo Sasagi! <laughs> and we cut over to Reiner and Bert atop a wall looking off into the distance. Nice. End of episode. End of episode. And I'll bring this up just because we're at the end of season three, part one, and I wanted to know, I've got my top five season three, part one character list right oh, here, if you wow. wanted to get into that. Really caught with my pants down over here. I know. I, I'm going to let, I have mine right here, so if you want me to go first. Yeah, you go real quick and let me see what I can muster Do you want me up. to just go ahead and do all five of mine? Um... Go ahead and do your five. Okay, I'll go ahead and start it. I'll... So, I've got a new character on my list. Okay. Num- number five, I like depressed Aaron a little bit. I, I like how he's changing. Wow. I got Aaron at number five. Okay, I'm, I've got my list now. Okay. That quick, so I'll go ahead and do my number five. That was a good copy and paste. Let's hear it. My number five is Pixies. Pixies, okay. Yep. That was a good choice. Thank that you. That was a good choice. Number keep in mind, keep in mind, uh, Chaz just sprung this on me out of nowhere, so this is like an off-the-dome top five. I think it's pretty incredible if I say so myself. But Number four, I'm going to go with Yuri. I know Ooh, he okay. only made a couple episode appearance, but he, I, um, I like the guy. He was a big game changer. Yeah. He was very powerful in just the little time we saw him, so I'm not mad at that. Uh, number four, I'm going Levi. Levi. Nice one. Number three, I'm going to go Historia. Okay. Badass moment when she flips Rod and breaks his back. Of course. I mean, dude, that got me off the edge of my seat. I actually, that was one of the moments. There's a lot of sick stuff in this show, but when that happens, I was cheering that girl on. Yeah. Waifu moment. My number three, Haji. Okay. Number two, I'm going to go with Kenny. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Kenny, I... I, I wish we had a little bit more of his character, but I, I understand the end, why they ended him off like that. He was, he was a cool dude. That was that was a good one. He maybe should have cracked my list. I've got Hanji in there. I, maybe she didn't have as much to do, part one, season three, but I just really like Hanji. Number two is definitely rightfully earned, though, and that is where I have won Historia Rice. Historia Rice. Cool. Good choice, good choice. Number one. Got some think, girl power going on, on my list. You think I'm going to change this shit? Nah. I'm a Irwin stan. I'm a day one Irwin guy. He is my number one. He overthrew the coup d'etat. It's all a part of his plan. It was all part of the gamble. Mr. Gambling Man, Jotaro Kujo. Or Irwin. All right. And just like you said, it was so obvious. My number one right here is Commander Keith Sadie's. Great seeing you back. Season <laughs> yeah. three, part one. Good Woo! work. I, Sorry, Erwin, you just didn't crack the top five. You just 
I needed some more moments out of you. I'm glad you mentioned him because I wasn't going to put him in there just because it was one episode. I was like, you know what? Ronnie's going to have him at least number two. Yeah, he's number one. I mean, the podcast, we ride or die for Keith Sadie's. There he is at number one. Um, so, listen, that was an episode. That's That's what we can say about that. We're picking it right back up in this next episode, so get pumped for that. Real quick, I promised at the end of last episode... I've mentioned something, and since you've been yawning this whole time, I think it's actually very relevant. Okay. This, you know, maybe this leads me to, or you might think I have some psychopathic tendencies once you hear that I do this. All I'm saying is if you like this feeling as much as me, you can try it out, and I think you'll really appreciate it. I've been known from time to time, and by time to time, I mean probably the last four years, I set on like, you know, nights when you got to wake up early, at least four alarms, at least. At least. I would say at least six, but we'll go with four. I mean, sometimes it's more than that. In the middle of the night, just so I can wake up, see how much more time I have to sleep, just get a nice pump of the fist, and I have mastered it so hard that literally I just get that quick feeling Lay back down, and I'm asleep all over again. You're basically like a drug addict when it comes to that. I really kind of am. Um, it is a feeling that I crave. Now, listen, I don't, don't get me wrong. When I randomly wake up at, say, 2 or 3 in the morning, and I realize I've still got 3 or 4 more hours of sleep, yeah. I am hyped. Right. I love that feeling. But yes, I think it's a little psychotic. Um, I would love to hear what our listeners have to say about this. Yeah, if someone already did this, first of all, really big credit to you. And if someone tries it, you know, I here's the thing. People are going to try and tell me about REM sleep and all that stuff. I am very, personally, when I get the same amount of hours of sleep, me waking up, I don't think it disrupts me at all. Because it's so quick that I think I am right back into REM sleep. Like, I I cannot explain to you guys how hard I've mastered this. And really, the reason I did this... It's not something to be proud of, but keep going. Is, um, there is no worse feeling to me than just naturally falling asleep. And then the next moment is you waking up and being like, oh my god, it's already time to get up. And with this, I completely avoid it. Because every morning I go, oh wait, I still got to... I get some sleep left. And I go back to sleep. And it's just, it's fantastic. See, if you love life like Chad does... You would know that anytime you wake up, you are just you are ecstatic to start the day. You just cannot wait to get the day started. Yeah, I'm never like, oh, it's already time to wake up. I'm always, wow, it's time to wake up. Let's go. Let's oh, okay. I'm gonna get out of bed. I'm gonna brush my teeth. I'm so excited for this shit. That's- oh, but if I'm waking up at six, you know, I'm getting my mind ready at like when that four thirty alarm hits. I'm like, oh, I got an hour and a half left. Let's you know we're on that final stretch. Let me get this last good session in, and I'll wake up just ready to tackle the day. It's the little things in life, and it brings me joy, and, um, you know, I'm not, sometimes, sometimes I'll be like, you know what, maybe I shouldn't do that, I'm going to try not to, but every single time I come crawling right back, it's really like a drug addiction, you're right. You know, you drink cold brews at Sunday at 4 p.m., and I wake up at 3 a.m. on a weekday to just see that clock and go back to sleep. Anyway, uh... We all have our vices. Thanks for tuning in. Send the feedback. to (laughs) Amen, brother. Send a feedback to thepodcastchronicles at gmail.com. Subscribe, rate, review. You know the whole song and dance. We'll see you here for next episode. I've been Ronnie. And I've 
Love you guys. Wow. Peace, Chad. Peace. Peace. And I love you guys too.